Salam everyone, it's Omukhair here, and you're listening to the Aban Chronicles podcast. I'm really excited to present this two-part series on fostering. In this part, uh, part one, we speak to a couple that's been fostering for around 20 years. Um, they've had a total of around 43 foster babies. We first came across this couple at a seminar um, that was speaking about or focusing on fostering within the Muslim community. We've always been interested in recording an episode on fostering or adoption within the Muslim community. But before recording the episode, we had to make sure that we had all of our facts down and that the episode was well-researched. And so we came across this seminar and they ended the seminar with this extremely down-to-earth, kind-hearted, genuine couple, Khalid and Rubina, and they spoke to their experiences as foster parents and, you know, some of the challenges they faced, some of the beautiful moments that they had. Right after that seminar, I hit up the Aban group chat. I was like, you guys, listen, we need to have Khalid and Rubina on the podcast. We need to definitely do an episode on fostering. And not only should we focus on the statistics and the facts and the process uh, involved when it comes to fostering, although that is important, and we will be discussing those details in part two of the episode with a very special guest. I think it's also extremely important to have, you know, this foster couple on to talk about their experiences. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Abuan Chronicles podcast. I have some very, very special guests with me here today. Very excited about this interview. Um, I came across um, this lovely couple during a seminar that was sort of speaking to fostering and every aspect of fostering, not just fostering in Islam, but also fostering and taking practical steps towards becoming a foster parent. So super excited to speak to Khalid and Rubina. Uh, Khalid and Rubina, thank you so much for joining me here today. How are you guys doing? Can you give us a brief little intro about yourselves? Assalamualaikum. Uh, this is Khalid. Assalamualaikum. I'm Rubina. Assalam. Well, uh, we are uh, from Pakistan, and um, we came to Canada in 2001. And uh, uh, Rubina is uh, a graduate from the College of Home Economics, and uh, she has had uh, a career in banking, and uh, also teaching, especially childhood and baby care and nursery education. And uh, I was in the military. I'm a war veteran and uh, I'm a civil engineer too. So uh, with this background, you know, we started fostering. Can you tell us a little bit about when you first decided to foster and, and how you came to that decision? Well, uh, when we came uh, initially to uh, Canada, I went to Seneca College to get my uh, civil engineering uh, credentials. That, the, that is the Canadian credentials. In the meanwhile, Romina was also looking for a job and she was uh, volunteering at uh, the local library you know, helping out there. And uh, that is when she met... Uh, There's a lady named Sabil. She's from Turkey. She and myself, we decided to start, uh, you know... 
चाइल्ड केयर चाइल्ड केयर और डू समथिंग विद द बेबीज बिकॉज शी ऑल्सो लव द किड्स एंड आई ओनली हैव वन डॉटर सो आई से ओके लेट स्टार्ट डूइंग फॉस्टरिंग एंड देन वी अप्लाई एंड सो दैट इज यू सी हाउ रूबीना केम एंड डिस्कस्ड इट विद मी एंड आयशा एंड शी वॉज वेरी एक्साइटेड एंड दैट इज हाउ यू नो वी केम इन टू फॉस्टरिंग and then we did a research and we found that the children aid society of toronto probably that was the best uh, you know children aid society so we decided to contact them and that is how we got on board mm. and how old was aisha at that time when you guys decided you wanted to take it on uh aisha was in grade 5 uh, She was about 10 years old. Oh, wow. She was about 9 or 10 years old. Wow. Yeah. She's super supportive about the decision. She was all for it, I'm sure. Oh, oh yes, she she was very excited that uh, she would be having a little sister <laughs> or a little brother because uh, I mean she herself is a precious baby. She came in the 11th year of marriage. So, uh, you know, we had to wait a long time to have her own baby. Mm. And uh, after that you know uh, unfortunately it did not uh, happen so aisha uh, was very very excited and uh, actually she is the one who made uh, her mind up yeah wow mashallah so you had a super supportive family like immediate family but then what did your extended family and the community um think about your decision you see uh, we have uh, an extended family here uh, rubina's parents are here brothers and all they migrated much before we came and probably that is the reason why we also decided to come and uh, uh, fortunately we belong to a very educated family so uh, you know they were very very supportive and our friends it was new to them so they were looking at uh, you can say a yeah. test case <laughs> you know and uh, uh they uh, you know uh, in in our system we do not interfere in uh, other people's uh, affairs so we had all the positive uh, you know support we did the positive yeah we had all the yeah, positive yeah. support and uh, f- yeah fostering was uh, very new to us of course everybody uh, was aware of babysitting and uh, uh you know uh, play nurseries and all that type of daycare, uh, daycare all that type of uh, you know system but uh, fostering was new so everyone was very excited and they said come on come on you take the training and uh, let's see where we go mm. from there did it motivate any of them to sort of start fostering themselves did you see like within your family one yeah one of my one of my very best friend she she all, uh, all she did have the baby She already adopted one baby, baby boy. <laughs> so you know, know he yeah. is, I think, four or five years old. Yeah. So uh, you know, uh, one of her friends in a circle yeah. uh, decided to foster. You know, after us, she took a lead, and uh, they don't have any children, so they've already adopted a child. You see, and uh, he's quite grown up now, isn't it? No, no, he's big. Yeah. So he's yeah. so that that happened a while back so uh yeah and then you know <clears throat> uh that is why we uh, came on board 
uh, trying to help foster Muslim families, uh, uh, trying to recruit, uh, you see, Muslim families to foster. So is that something sort of, let's say you have, because I know a lot of couples, younger couples, um, sometimes they're a little hesitant and they're hesitant because they feel like there's a lot of responsibility. Sometimes they feel like they're not in the right financial state. Sometimes they feel like it's just they don't know enough. So what kind of advice, given that you guys have been fostering for so many years, and what kind of advice would you give to these younger couples or even individuals? Because a lot of times people think you have to be married to foster, which is not necessarily the case, because we recorded with Yasmin from CAS um, recently, and she was telling us about how you don't have to be married. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have like a stable sort of, you know, live with a family, or you can be an individual, and as long as you have the financial means and you take the necessary courses, you can become a foster parent. So what kind of advice would you give to someone mm-hmm. who's looking yeah, for that? Yeah, that, 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 yeah, that is absolutely correct. And uh, you see, uh, so far we have fostered, uh, this is our 44th Not baby. Wow. And we have been fostering, we have been fostering since uh, 2003. And we were very excited when our first placement came. Mm-hmm. A little uh, baby boy, blue eyes and uh, blonde. Really nice. And a beautiful baby at that. And we knew that we had, uh, you know, uh, taken the right course, uh, made the right decision, and he really needed help. What we can uh, provide them is a secure and safe environment. And, uh, uh, you know, each one of us has a lot to give, you know. Uh, we just have to open our hearts. Now, for, uh, uh, you see, those people who are hesitant fostering, I would like to say, that uh, it's just a fear of, uh, uh, you see, not being able to, uh, you know, foster or not being able to come up to the proper expectations. So, you see, fear is incomplete knowledge. So you need to educate yourself. And uh, we uh, we have, uh, you know, we are a people who can give a lot. We just have to open our hearts and open our uh, doors, you know, and take in the, uh, you know, the less, uh, you can say, fortunate uh, children in our homes. And uh, there's a lot of support from the Children Aid Society. Yeah, lots. And, uh, you see, you have your own personal uh, uh, resource worker. Then you have, on top of that, a support uh, worker who is supporting you in everything and then uh, you get a uh, you see allowance a, a dm uh, per day allowance to look after the uh, child and uh, it could be of any age and uh, before you know it uh, uh, everything is falling into place and uh, the children aid society is very well organized and very well equipped and they've got these tremendous workers who are out there to help you, you see, 24 hours. After hours, we've got an emergency line. You, there's a duty worker there you can call. The Children Aid has their own uh, medical clinics. And you can just walk into any walk-in clinic or even take the baby to your own family doctor and nobody would refuse you. So, uh, and then they have their own uh, transport system 
So it's a very well organized, uh, you see, uh, system. And uh, uh, the babies, uh, you know, are very well cared for. The only missing link is, uh, you see, the foster families. We need uh, Muslim foster families and uh, uh, we have uh, other foster families. For example, you must be aware that there are seven main, uh, uh, you see, children aid societies. Uh, there is the Catholic Children Aid Society, there is the Native Children Aid Society, there is a Peel Region Children Aid Society, a Durham Region Children Aid Society, a Jewish Children Aid Society. So you see all these societies are looking after, you see, their own, uh, uh, or their own children who come into care. So I would encourage, it's only, you see, the hesitancy which can be overcome by uh, learning and talking to uh, workers in uh, uh, the Children Aid Society. They are the best people to advise you and uh, they would uh, be very, very helpful in providing that. And I absolutely agree with you. I think a lot of times the fear is from a place of, of ignorance. It's because you just don't fully know what what's involved. And so that first step is sort of looking into the resources that are available, seeing what your role would be, seeing what kind of, like from what I understood, Khalid, when you were telling me about, you know, everything that CAS offers, it's not just you taking on this child, you have a whole support system that's helping you take on this child. Uh, I fully agree there. Maybe for your own child, you see your own biological children, there's not so much support. For the Children in Society wards, uh, there is so much support that uh, sometimes you feel envious <laughs> that, okay, I, I could not provide this. I could not provide this for my child. Or uh, I ask my mom who lives uh, a thousand miles away, you know, uh, what to do or something like that. And uh, once you call a worker, the very next day or next hour, one hour, there would be somebody in your house advising you and helping you out. It, it's so it's so efficient. You're not That's alone. Such an important, comforting thing to know. Another thing that I know that some people fear is forming a connection with a child. And then if you're fostering, I mean, eventually either that child's family or you know some permanent adoptive parents are going to take that child out of your home. So have you ever been in that situation where you formed such a strong bond with a child, and? you find out either that child's family or they found an adoptive home, which is good news, which is amazing news, but I'm sure there's like an emotional impact as well on your end. Well, uh, that is uh, one sad part about uh, mm -hmm. fostering. And uh, everyone has mm -hmm. one heart. And uh, Rubina and myself, we have got 43 pieces mm -hmm. to that heart. And uh, 43 uh, kids have been uh, adopted, happily adopted, or they have gone, uh, you see, back to their parents, re, re, reunited with their parents, and uh, it, it's been a very, very happy occasion. And naturally, we are heartbroken because the babies come to us when they are very, very young. Uh, you know, we foster from a, the age group from zero to mm -hmm. three years. And uh, usually we get uh, babies who are, uh, uh, you know, one day old or two days old. Sometimes we have to go to the hospital to pick them up and like that. And 
you know the environment in Canada. Uh, you see the babies could be, uh, you see drug babies or alcohol babies and like that. So it's really hard work, uh, you see, that you put in with these babies. And when it's time for them to leave, then naturally uh, it's a heartbreaking situation. It's very, very heartbreaking situation. And uh, that is one thing that uh, I would, uh, you know, if I had a lot of resources and all, I would have never let my mm. babies go. I kept all 43 of them. And we would be a big happy family in Canada in that way. But uh, the positive side is that there are some parents who still, uh, you see, meet with us and... Uh, I mean, the babies uh, who got adopted. That's and uh, we can see each and every stage of a babies when they're growing up. And uh, you feel good. most of them are... Good hands. So yeah, they are, they are. most of them are teenagers now. And, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's a positive. There's a positive side. And uh, you see, uh, we speak Urdu, mm -hmm. so uh, babies, uh, you know, call us Amma <laughs> and Abu. I mean, whatever Aisha calls us, they call start calling us that. And uh, when we meet, they're still calling us Ambi and Abu. You know, they be they might be calling their adopted uh, parents, uh, you know, mommy and daddy. But for us, it's the oh, same. That's beautiful. So there is a connection. Yeah, that's beautiful, and I and, and I think it's it's so important to note that you, even though you have sort of given them away and they are with their parents which is amazing you help them during their their time of need that's, that's right just beautiful mm -hmm. mashallah you see uh, our role is uh, our role is to give them a, a safe and secure uh, mm -hmm. environment give good them start. a good a good start in life and uh, you see uh, once a baby is safe and secure and like that that carries with him throughout uh, his life you see, uh, I mean, these are all the medical and scientific studies uh, that uh, you can, uh, you know, uh, see on the Internet. If a, a child is, you know, brought up safe, secure, comfortable, loved, cared, you see, uh, that's the start that we need, uh, we give mm -hmm. to our babies. That's very true, mashallah. And then I had one last question for you guys. What is, and I, this might be putting you guys on the spot, <laughs> but what is sort of one unique moment that you've had while fostering? You've fostered, mashallah, 44 babies, you said, or 43, and then now you're fostering the, the, 44. the 44th. So what is one unique moment you've had while fostering that stuck with you and you'll never forget? Well, uh, <laughs> the... It's, it's difficult to say that, but uh, probably, uh, you know, the first baby who came mm. to us, uh, you know, still uh, we still remember him. The whole family, you see our relatives and all, they still remember him. And it was very difficult, uh, difficult letting, letting go of him. And, uh, uh, you know, it's just uh, the case of any normal family, the eldest is the most loved and the youngest is the most loved and the the other kids who are in between they are equally loved they're forgotten you always uh, <laughs> yeah i mean they are the ones who also ran you know so the crowd is the number one and the crowd is the last one so uh, you know 
that, that uh, was uh, and especially when uh, the adoption uh, family didn't want uh, to meet us after mm. that so i mean that uh, that was quite hurtful mm. that way but uh, down the line you know we have had so many good experiences for example uh, uh you see rubina had this baby blue eyes blonde hair she walked into the store and uh, uh you know everyone uh, wants to make it their business and says uh, there was a lady who came over and says uh, uh, uh what about this baby and rubina didn't bat an eye and said uh, just said his father is canadian and she was aghast that this lady with the hijab is married to a canadian you know that way wow. <laughs> and another time we had a um, black baby and a white baby and we had a double stroller and we were in a big uh, you know store and again there was this one lady who could not uh, stay away and she comes uh, comes over and says hey because you know the older one was saying uh, ammi 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 and abu 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 so she just came over and said that okay uh, what's the story here mm. oh so <laughs> you know the white baby the white baby yeah. uh, you know rubina rubina is very good at this so the white baby rubina said this one went on me and this one went mm. on my <laughs> <laughs> you know, took took after my husband. So you know that that those are the uh, those are the light uh, lighter side of fostering. And actually, there's so much love that a baby gives you, and there's so much love that you give to a baby. It makes a day. You see, whenever I come home, I'm tired and all, and the baby uh, is up. So. I'd like to give Rubina rest and I'd like to play with the baby until he gets tired and you know goes to uh, sleep. So that is when I tell Rubina my 8-hour shift just turned into a 12-hour shift. <laughs> you know that. Way. That's beautiful. <laughs> and Aisha uh, yeah Aisha has been very supportive and uh, you see another advice that I'd like to give to the potential foster parents is that the uh you see your foster kids they would grow up uh, you know with your own kids well, and uh, and the children are also busy and everything like that so if you've got the same age group whatever your kids are eating they're eating yeah. they're going to the same school they're doing all activities are the same so you don't even know and uh probably i didn't tell you i mean we were fostering two babies at the time we had our own child and everything that way it was very busy taking the babies to their appointments and uh, you see taking them out for uh, to the park and uh, you know all the other engagements and aisha grew up and she's a medical doctor so so you know uh, fostering uh, is something that comes natural i mean we are all humans i mean uh, we love kids and uh, it's just it's just that little hesitancy uh, that uh, you know you have to overcome 
open your hearts and open your doors. Thank you so much. I think I'm going to end the discussion and the interview now on that beautiful, beautiful notes. Um, I just want to say Khalid and Rabina, Jazakallah. Thank you for sort of taking care of our community, I want to say, and also for having this conversation with us at the Abuan Chronicles. Appreciate you guys joining us. Yeah, thank you very much for uh, having us. It was a pleasure. Thank you.